Okay, I hit record. Okay, cool. I hit record before, but... I also hit record before, but then I hit stop to check if I should be in mono or stereo, because usually I'm in stereo, but now I'm in mono. And I have mono as well. <laughs> I'm so tired. You've been kissing. Um, I've been kissing ass and taking names. Okay. How have you been? I haven't seen you in like three and a half weeks. Um, I've been good. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been very busy. I graduate in like 28 days. That's so exciting. Are you excited? I am very excited. Um, but it's like very busy time. Um, I had to like present research that I did and also Ooh. like, you know um live so well that seems optional that seems like that's something you took on in addition to your yeah, school work I, so I um mm, excuse me i just had uh some jalapeno popper tacos and i've got a little indigestion mm. so if you hear me um take a deep inhale and then go mm, just now i'm suffering yeah if you hear fern literally rubbing herself on my computer it's because she is i took her to the vet on friday because i think she has anxiety and the vet was like yeah she definitely has some anxiety but like not enough that we can put her on like kitty prozac and i was like that sucks and she's like i think you might have anxiety have you ever (laughs) considered talking about it to your doctor and i was like girl I have been in therapy for seven years. I have been on medication for seven years. Thank you for telling me I'm anxious. That's really huge, actually. Yeah. So anyway, I learned that I had anxiety this week, which I didn't know before. So That's really important, honestly. Yeah. Um, anything else exciting happen? Nope. Yeah, I feel like this has been a busy couple of weeks for both of us, but I also feel like it's been a week where liter- couple of weeks where like literally nothing has happened. At least on my end. Yeah, I mean, I've been like just stressed all the time because I've had like super long papers due and then I like have to apply for jobs for like after graduation and my car broke down again and I started dating someone. Okay. Okay. Go off. Yeah, that's the most important part, honestly. And I went to the Reliant K concert, and I met somebody who listens to this podcast. Oh, that's so cool. It was oh, so cool. Oh, now I wish I would have been there. It was so cool. Shout out, Bree. Bree. Shout out and to I you. And I got a similar shirt. It looks really nice. Yeah, it is a nice shirt, except the only, the biggest size they sold was a large, which I was like, okay. Mm, don't love that. But. Semler's over party. Yeah, I was like, size inclusive. I I like my shirts, you know, to not touch my skin because I have sensory issues. And I like my shirts to highlight my tits, frankly. <laughs> so you actually always buy the small. I've got an hourglass and a dump truck, you know, and I got to <laughs> highlight both equally. Um, my jeans are pulling extra time already, if you know what I'm saying. I do know what you're saying. And my t-shirts need to catch up or be left behind. I also, uh, I have a girlfriend now. Did you know that? No way. Yeah, I've decided to be straight again. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Um, also, I just want you to know I'm going to be saying some awful things about you um, in the next couple, couple weeks. I have signed a contract with Fox. Um, just know that I don't mean any of it. I just really needed money. That's why I've kind of pivoted to ex-gay ministry. Hmm. And I'm going to be a talking head. Uh, My new show um, will be coming out on Fox News. I'm co-hosting it with my good friends, Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro. Get that bag, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We're still workshopping names. But currently we're calling it self-hate. 
Good for you. Yeah. Candace Owens is actually my wife now. I thought, who's your girlfriend then? Laura Trump. They don't know about each other, so please keep that on the down low. Sure. Okay. So... I don't want to talk about this episode. We didn't record because I had like three papers due the first week and then last week your parents were visiting. And so... Yeah, and I honestly, asked them to guest on the pod and they said they didn't want to. So. When when you could have recorded, I had plans to go rock climbing. <laughs> when was that? On Tuesday. I couldn't have recorded Tuesday. Oh, then never But mind. wait, if this means you're taking accountability for it, yeah, I could have recorded Tuesday. What I the mean, fuck? I mean, I couldn't have recorded Wednesday either because I had class. And, Thursday... and Wednesday is such a tight turnaround to get it edited and released by Friday. Yeah, Thursday is just ridiculous. And I feel like I had plans on Thursday. I had plans Didn't most I? of those days as well. Because my parents were here until... They were here Monday, Tuesday. I bet people are loving hearing the intricacies of our schedule right now. Like, this is the only podcast where you can listen to a planner. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so... But I watched in anticipation of the first week when we were going to record... Oh my lord. Right, so I watched like half of the episode, and then I found out like recording wasn't going to work, so I was like, okay, I'm not going to watch any more of this. So then last week, before I knew your parents were visiting, I continued watching the episode, and I watched maybe like 10 more minutes before I like found out we couldn't record, and so then I stopped watching it, and then I finished it today. So I watched this episode over the course of three weeks. I do think that's how this episode was meant to be watched, to be fair. It was still unbearable. No, it was. And there are kind of three episodes worth of plot lines, all condensed so little that we don't really know what's going on at all. Yeah, but if my notes don't really make sense, it's because I don't remember what happened three weeks ago. Yeah. So. If my notes don't make sense, it's because I just couldn't get into it this week. Yeah, fair. So, like, things are just different now that I have an Apple Watch, you know? I kind of have things in perspective now. And that perspective is 44 inches. Oh, yeah, but Not I, inches. Not inches. Yeah, the millimeters. Millimeters. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking huge-ass Apple Watch. <laughs> my Apple Watch goes all the way to my shoulder, guys. <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> I'm basically a Gundam. I love my uh, Apple Watch. No, I've joined... I have a 38, though. I like the smaller ones. That's embarrassing. I wouldn't have admitted that personally. Also, I want to say, like, a huge moment of personal development. I've got a little rainbow on it, which nice. usually I don't do, but I'm... I don't know. I'm trying it out. Nice. Trying out the whole, like... Gay thing? Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to start experimenting with my sexuality a little. <laughs> Is this with or without Candace Owens? Um, she likes to watch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So. Hey, don't shame her for that. So this is Secret Life of Two Gay American Teenagers. My name is Aaron. My name is Jesse. Today we're going to be covering season three, episode 24. It's not over till it's over. Which also kind of describes this season, which felt like it should have been over months ago. Yeah. It was directed by Lindsley Parsons III, written by Brenda Hampton, aired to 2.12 million viewers, and aired the day after my birthday, May 30th, 2011. Oh, wow. That's really huge for you. That is the year I was born, so... That is true. I always forget how young you are. I am 11, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm 43. (laughs) But it's okay, because we're neighbors. So, um, do you have biblical context? I do. Do you want to go first or should I? Yeah, I'll go. Okay. Um, actually, no, you go first. Um, my biblical context, I opted to go, you know, heavy on the biblical this week, um, is from the Catholic News Agency. The headline is, Crisis of Indifference Shows Need for New Evangelization, Pope Says. Wait, can you repeat that? <laughs> Crisis of Indifference Shows need for new evangelization, Pope says. Hmm. So Pope Benedict stressed the urgency of evangelizing modern society, saying that Christians today face the task of reaching a world that grows increasingly apathetic to the message of the gospel. And I'd like to say, Pope Benedict has a point. Yeah. Go off, King. And by King, I mean Pope. (laughs) You're right. So I found this thing in the New York Times, the travel section, and it says, two New York hotels allow you to sleep under the stars. 
aka Central Park and the Athenia Gardens Hotel in New York give guests the option of sleeping outdoors. This is by Elaine Glusak. So I was like, hmm, how much do you think they charge for you to sleep outside? I can't believe we're gentrifying camping. (laughs) This isn't even camping. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's not. I'm confused. I'm also confused. But for one night at the Affinia Gardens. So one night is $646. Holy shit. And one night at the AKA is $805. Oh, my Lord. Oh, here's $862. Who? Do you want to? Do you want to pool our podcast earnings and stay a night under the stars? No. Okay. I'd rather buy pixie sticks. And I hate pixie sticks. I actually love pixie sticks. Oh, I was going to say that out of context really adds whether this is like a big imposition to you or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to tell with something like a pixie stick. So, all right, let's get into this. We start in the guidance counselor's office. Adrian oh. and Caitlin O'Malley are having a conversation about Adrian's plan. And she's like, oh, drugs, duh. Very funny. And Caitlin's like, no, no, no. Your plan for school after having this baby. And, and Adrian's like, I'm just going to pop that thing out and come back in a week, right? Yeah. She's literally like, yeah, like, I'm going to come back after a week. And like, you know, we're getting a nanny. Like, ben and Adrian throughout this episode seem to think that a nanny replaces all the work of child rearing. I mean, as which a nanny, to an extent, yeah, I can but... tell you is not true because I get to go home at the end of the day. Oh, I was actually the inspiration for the hit television show The Manny, as seen on um, NBC's This Is Us. Yeah. So the show within a show was based on my life because I do exist in that universe as a character. That's you just awesome. Don't see me on screen. I'm happy about that. I hope you're getting your bag. I'm getting so much baggage from that. (laughs) Emotional. So, Caitlin says, it seems that you're unaware that babies are a lot of work. Like, you're going to be up all night, diapering and feeding. So you're going to need to take at least a month or six weeks off. And Adrian's like, no, no, no. That's for women your age. Very funny. Also, how old is Caitlin O'Malley? Like, 24? Yeah, I know, right? And also, they say something about dads, too. And I was like, nice. Wow. Brenda, you're so progressive. I was gonna say, like, progressive queen Brenda Hampton thinks that fathers should participate in child rearing. Yeah. Kind of based, if you ask me. Back in my day, the only child rearing the papa did was when the kid needed a spanking, you know? Get it? Because rearing, like, like yeah, rearing I... can also mean an ass. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so Caitlin suggests summer school for Adrian, and Adrian's basically like, summer school's for losers. Yeah, I would rather die than not complete school on a timely basis, despite my pregnancy. Also, quick question, where are we in the school year? I'm assuming we're towards the end. That's what I felt like, but then they're talking about, like, taking over a month off. I'm so confused. The only point of reference we have is John's birthday. So we need to know when John is turning two. And then we'll know that we're roughly in like April, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Like, they're just applying to colleges now. Yeah. I just don't know. I just don't know. This is the problem with shows that are set in Mike Pence's California. Yeah. Is they don't have four seasons, so we don't know. I was going to say, there are 18-month years in these (laughs) shows. And it's not really addressed, but it's kind of an accepted part of the world building. Yeah. So, Caitlin says that summer school is also for people who are overwhelmed, which I think is important to know. That is beautiful. I love that anti-anti-summer school stance. And Caitlin's like, okay, well, I'm going to need to talk to Ben, too. And then it, like, kind of shifts to Caitlin and Ben having a conversation. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'll go to summer school. I'm guessing I'm probably going to want to, like, escape the apartment. And, like, we got a nanny to do all the hard stuff. But, like, I want to be there to, like, supervise her. What Um, is Ben going to... Also, can I get out of school on Friday at noon for my wedding? I hate this motherfucker. Me? So much. Too. If I see Ben Boykovich on the street, it's on site. <laughs> so then we go to the theme. Do you have an alternative theme? So here's my pitch. 
I say this week we skip alternative theme, and at the end we do alternative montage. Okay, that's better for me. For this particular episode, because I have some thoughts. <laughs> but if you have an alternative theme, I would love to hear it, too. No, I, for... I mean, my alternative theme was going to be Just the Way You Are by Bruno Mars. So. That was going to be mine, too. But then I'm like, you know what? That We all know that made no sense. Nope. So that's my pitch, is we shifted When that. was the Glee... I was just thinking, Wait. is this like a tie-in with the Glee thing? Glee, um, Bert wedding episode. This episode aired November 23rd, 2010. The wedding where they sing Just the Way You Are. Who sings Just the... I'm pretty sure... Let's see, plot. The The Glee Club dedicates a performance of Mars's Just the Way You Are to Kurt and the stepbrothers dance together. Oh, yeah, Finn, because he uses his best man speech to apologize to Kurt. Yeah. But really, it's, like, about Rachel or something. Who cares? Glee. Gross. Glee, um, looking back, was a mistake. (laughs) Watching it as a 23-year-old was a mistake. Owning the first four volumes on CD in my car is a mistake. I'm so thankful you're finally admitting that because the first step of recovery is accepting that you have a problem. Yeah, that's fine. So we come back from the theme. We're at the school. Amy and Ricky are having a conversation. What is Ricky doing? Pressuring Amy for sex again. And Amy is like, I won't be pressured. And then Caitlin overhears this. And also Amy thinks it's weird to have sex when Ben and Adrian are getting married. Then I she... personally only have sex during other people's weddings, <laughs> but I mean, go off, I guess. <laughs> then we go to Caitlin and Ricky having a conversation, and she tells him that his first choice for college wants to interview him. And then she's like, try a little romance. Women like a little romance. And he's like, I did do romance. I took her to the driving range. Hilarious. So then they're talking about preparing for the interview. And then, I don't know. She's a good guidance counselor, so she's like, do it. I don't know what my notes That's mean. I honestly... <laughs> I will say, being a guidance counselor in this school is hell. Yeah. Like for Caitlin O'Malley there's a to have to listen to two teenagers, like, argue about having sex right outside her office when they know she's in there. Yeah. Hell. There's, there's a reason there's so much turnover. Like... Yeah. And only part of it is that um, it's filled with potentially predators. <laughs> also we didn't even get to talk about Maya and Bialik but besties we've been we've been new Maya and Bialik and I have been mortal for? mortal enemies for years ever since I dressed up like Bernadette for wait not Bernadette what's her character's name Amy Farrah Fowler for Halloween one year I was gonna say if you dressed up as Bernadette that was kind of the first stone thrown <laughs> Maya would take that as a slight <laughs> yeah she like did something i don't know some people sent us my some... all lick my ass is that anything <laughs> how do we feel <laughs> i think that's great okay so let's move on okay we go to ashley's room george comes in and he's like what are you writing about and she goes my period <laughs> can i tell you this I finally put it together what's been bothering me about Ashley so much lately is she's trying to do what Ashley Rickards did all through Awkward. Mm. But the difference is Jenna was an interesting character. <laughs> yeah. Awkward. Can no, never rewatch that show. I kind of... Someone suggested it as their next podcast, which is intriguing but terrifying. I don't know how you talk about that show. Yeah, I mean, just Sadie's character. An icon. It, yeah. But also an absolute menace. <laughs> uh, Sadie would not survive cancel culture. That show, I hate to be that guy, but that show couldn't be made in today's climate. <laughs> but also, it's like the only show I've ever watched that actually talked like how teenagers talk. Yeah. Which is so mean aggressive and absolutely ruthless (laughs) yeah and honestly it toned it down from the way like me and my friends spoke to each (laughs) other if we're gonna be honest we were so much meaner (laughs) yeah Uh, so 
George comes to sit with Ashley and they're talking about if Amy's going to sleep over at Ricky's apartment like that night. Ashley uses some big words and he's like, oh, are you using those big words because you and your mom are hanging out? Also, is your mom seeing someone? And she's like, don't do that. And I'm like, yeah, don't do that to your kid. That's like so fucking. Ashley's not your little spy anymore. She's finally starting to get some boundaries. Yeah. Don't Uh, you try to tear that down. But no. yeah, so she tells him to get out there and get a life. And I'm he's like, I don't know how to like pick up women. And I'm like, didn't you have multiple affairs? Well, like Ashley straight up says that she's like, you used to know how to have fun and get out there. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah. And then he asks about Toby's sister and she says to play with kids your own age. Icon. That was a good line. And then um, she's seen Josh as my no. I don't know. Does uh, does Ashley tell George that Anna's seen Josh? I don't fucking know. They just it does that thing where George asks the questions and then we just zoom on Ashley's face and we're supposed to infer something from okay. that. It's so a really well framed show. Like this should have won some Emmys. I really want to say I want to take credit for how good the details are in this episode too, and. <laughs> <laughs> and how i really know everything that's going on in this episode you're really you're operating on jesse mode this episode where you <laughs> kind of just say shit and hope that it actually happened so we go to josh and Anne. they're talking about like do neither of them have jobs obviously not they're sitting in this extravagant kitchen that we've never seen before is this Anne's house is this his house is it the thirds and their sick little menage they had last night? <laughs> um, they're talking about Amy babysitting for them. It's so funny that they, they're like, oh, Amy can babysit for us. Pick the fucking kid without a kid. Right? Um, and then they talk about the wedding. And Anne's like, I don't want to go to any wedding unless yeah, it's for cause... the drama. And Josh. And what's his... yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Josh invites her to his friend's wedding. Um, his fifth wedding apparently and tries to convince her by like saying all the high school friends that are going to be there and Anne's like no I don't want to go and then she's like well Karen Corcoran will be there yes which was Karen Corcoran the one who tore them apart to begin with who knows I think that might have been mentioned like three and a half years ago when we watched the last episode but I don't remember remember that weird conversation they had about how a ham sandwich tore them apart and it wasn't even good or something. Yes. Jeez. Okay, so he says, are you worried I'll get ideas if we go to this wedding? And she's like, I literally just got divorced. But this is me, right? 2022, Aaron, watching this episode. Just a reminder, Josh looks like a domestic terrorist. And That's he so says, important. He says, worried I'll get ideas? And I said, yeah, of releasing a new COVID variant. <laughs> yeah when a man like that says worried i'll get any ideas that's actually terrifying because that's how a new like terror attack happens he is patient zero for the next variant this is where he's revealed to be the unabomber (laughs) so yeah they're gonna go to this they're all their friends from high school are gonna be at this wedding whatever we go to the school ricky and amy are talking he apologizes it's very half-assed and he's like, and she's like, are you upset that Adrian's getting married this weekend? And he's like, no. Are you upset Ben's getting married this weekend? And she's like, no. I'm like, okay, lies. Sweet. Good for yeah. you. I love lying in a relationship. And then he's like, I could take your mind off of it this weekend. Hot. How would he do that, Jesse? Can you explain it to me? Yeah. So you see, um, when a man doesn't expel from himself for a while... You know, it kind of builds up. So I'm thinking what he was planning to do was kind of unleash himself like a fire hose and then they could spend the rest of the weekend cleaning up afterwards. (laughs) That's so much worse than where I thought that was going. (laughs) Oh, where do you think it was going? I thought you were going to talk about like cunnilingus or something. What's that? great (laughs) so she calls ricky pathetic and he's like i'm a complete lunatic at this point dude 
whack it. I don't know what to tell you. Well, that's the thing. You're telling me that Ricky hasn't been just saying me this whole time. Seriously? (laughs) So then Amy goes up to Grace and Adrian and she's like, oh, I have these pictures in my car. I'll go get them. And then Grace tells Adrian that Jack's dad got there. And Adrian says she likes the original vows that like she doesn't have to write as long as they say obey as they don't as long as they don't say obey i don't fucking know this was a complete non-scene there was no reason for this little conversation between first of all for amy to walk up to them and be like i'm going to my car yeah for it to continue with grace and adrian talking about absolutely nothing right well we needed to know amy was going to her car because then on her way to her car she runs into ben yeah because heaven forbid this show doesn't explain a character's motivations yeah and it's never happened before why would it start now Ben is like, this is really nice of you to do this for Adrian. And then she apologizes to Ben for what she said. And then he apologizes too. My reaction to this was, girl, stop apologizing. <laughs> Rachel Hollis, bring her back. Rachel Hollis is actually going to be the next guidance counselor. I'm 99% sure. Oh, listen. Can you imagine? That'd be awesome. Girl, shake your ass. I love making fake Rachel Hollis book covers. It's so easy and it's so fun. Yeah. That's good, clean fun for the whole family. Yeah. Girl, shut the fuck up is my favorite. So. Girl, eat some ass. <laughs> girl. I don't know how to convey that with words, though. So That's the name. It's just girl and then staring at the screen. It's girl and then it's just the eye emojis. Yeah. So anyway. We find out that life goes on. She says, congratulations on your wedding. And Ben says, you don't think we'll be happy, do you? Well, no shit they're not going to be happy. They barely... Whatever. And they say, you don't think we'll be happy. The right thing doesn't mean you're happy. That's very true. And Ben says... Yeah, it's true. And Ben says... Also, why are my headphones like falling off of my... I look like a fucking nerd. I was going to say, you look like a clown. Yeah. I wasn't going to say anything, but now that you've opened the door, I'm one, I'm going to run right through. So he says he's 17 and about to be a husband and a father, and he doesn't want to be. And Amy is like empathetic. She's like, yeah, like your feelings are valid. And he's like, you stupid bitch. That was just a moment of weakness. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's... Uh... This show doesn't believe in emotional intelligence or feeling your feelings, but I think that's beautiful. Yeah. So then Ben finds Adrian in the hallway. Just a reminder, do we remember when Ben hallucinated Amy in the hallway? I won't let you disappear. I won't let you disappear. The show will never be bad. Season one was actually so good. Can I say, like... No. I think it took watching season three to get there, but I think <laughs> season one was art. So, okay. Um, Adrian says, it's like I've been waiting for you my whole life. Or maybe Ben says that. I didn't write down who said shit. And I forget. They Adrian hug, said it. And Adrian says, is something wrong? And Ben says, how could anything be wrong? I'm about to be a father and a husband. And my response to that is, I'd kill myself. <laughs> Dead ass. Yeah. Not a bite. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's not the vibe. So then we go to Ben's room. Leo comes in clutching his boobies. And he says that Betty is going to come in and say something upsetting. Just a reminder that when you marry someone, you marry their family. And then Betty comes in. What's all that about? Leo's obviously working through some stuff. Leo and Betty, I guarantee you, have like four more episodes. Yeah. You're telling me he's not porking, Camille? Porking, sometimes (laughs) kielbasaing, even. And occasionally Polish sausaging. You can do that when you're the sausage king. I don't understand. Who's the sausage king? Oh, Leo Boykovich. He runs a sausage empire with an iron fist. That's wild. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't see that. That's actually like a major plot point. It's brought up like three to five times in each episode. <laughs> Have you been watching this show? I feel like I'm doing all the heavy lifting on the describing and summary. Oh, yeah, you feel like that? Yeah. How I just many feel pages like I'm always are your taking notes like 17 pages of notes and you're like just kind of flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah. 
I am slacking this episode. Anyway, so Betty comes and in. I'm wearing slacks this episode, <laughs> so we're kind of in the same boat. I'm actually messaging my team members on Slack. Yeah, and I'm staring slack-jawed as you do so. And I am going slacklining right now. And I'd wish you'd cut me some damn slack. Because I'm running out of things to say. <laughs> I, I tapped myself out. I tapped myself out a few times today, but um, always respectfully and with the door closed. So I don't know why you're telling me this on camera. That's something we do in the privacy of our own homes. So (laughs) Betty comes in. She says that she can't make it to the wedding. And Ben says, someone better be dying. And she says, how did you know you do it? How did you know? It's her mother. She hasn't seen her mother since she was 16. And she has brothers and sisters. Yes, and Leo's immediate thought is, bitch, no one actually wants to see you. They're obviously just scamming you for my money. Yeah. And she's like, I know it seems like kind of a dink. And then it cuts to Leo just doing an over-exaggeration. Yeah. But I think they're telling the truth. Every line Jennifer Coolidge says feels like an improv sketch. (laughs) And I say that as a compliment. It's the only enjoyable thing on this show. Yeah, we find out her family is a group of nomads, but they're not thin, apparently. Is that a is that a thing we think about nomads? I don't know. They're when running... I think nomads, I think of Frances McDormand winning her Oscar for Nomadland. I think. <laughs> Do we want to talk about Will Smith and Chris Rock? No. I don't either. Okay, great. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so Betty is like, maybe... Oh, they're, they're roaming Idaho- Idahoans. Idahoans. Idahoans, if you will. When I was a child, I started crying on the bus because someone made me say the word Idaho in a way that made it sound like I was saying that I was a hoe. <laughs> and I didn't appreciate that. <laughs> Um, I just want to say the roaming Idahoans is my favorite position. Oh, God. <laughs> it's when we're in different apartments and we don't talk to each other. Oh, thank God. In that case, I've been doing that one a lot lately <laughs> with every man in my life. No, um, my real favorite position is... And then just like bleep it out so it sounds like I sound I said something funny, okay. No. <laughs> so Betty is like, maybe I shouldn't go, but she's dying, and Ben's like, should we postpone the wedding? And she's like, No, you can't do that. The baby is almost here and my mother is almost there. I hope they can high five as they pass each other. No, I think Betty's mom is gonna Return to the womb maybe that would be hot and betty says maybe she'll die and leo says or maybe your siblings are lying betty still wants to go see her and leo doesn't like that she's going alone so he's gonna send his driver mike and mike and betty are gonna bang on this trip right god i hope so she needs some good dick for a change she says she's got to go pack she can't bring jewelry or credit cards or her lemaire cream and Leo turns to Ben and goes, this is why a prenup's important. So what the fuck's that about? Is he basically just saying, I'm going to divorce Betty? Who knows? So then we go to Ruben and Cindy's house. And I figure we should just do this conversation. So I'm going to share my screen. I'm glad you started sharing your screen. It's a lot easier to do that. Yeah. I need um. to get into character. Do you want to be Cindy or Ruben? Let me be Ruben. You feel hot? You feeling hot enough? I've been feeling really hot lately, but that's mostly because I'm going through menopause. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I I don't think I can have babies anymore. My eggs have all left me. (laughs) So I do just want to say this is from transcripts.foreverdreaming.org. The graphic design on this page is beautiful. (laughs) I've never seen it before. It's their passion. So, you're Ruben, so you start. I'm just looking at your tabs and seeing if there's anything really embarrassing. Unfortunately, there's not. Yeah. Uh, except for pet CBD oil tincture. I think that's beautiful. 
That the vet told me to get CBD for Fern. <laughs> so the vet told me to get THC for Linus. <laughs> Linus <clears throat> is actually my dealer, so he has some. That fucking loser will not give me any. I keep on asking him, and he says he doesn't know anyone. He's lying to you. Well, the issue is like, like to me, Linus is a friend, but to Linus, I'm like a roommate, you know. Mm. Anyway, <clears throat> so when did we decide all this? All what? Let's start with Jack's dad marrying the two of them. Adrian wanted him to marry them. A minister as opposed to a priest? I don't think that mattered to her. Jack's dad is someone she knows, so... So now our granddaughter is going to be a Protestant? I doubt it. Adrian's not Protestant, and she's not Catholic either. Well, then what is she? What are they, she and Ben? Two teenagers. They haven't figured out God... They haven't figured God out yet. Just be happy they're getting married because that's what you wanted. Would they mind if a priest came over as well? Yes. You call a priest and I'll call a rabbi and we'll have a trifecta of religious people or the beginning of a bad joke. A minister, a priest, and a rabbi walk into a wedding. That's not funny. I haven't gotten to the punchline yet. So, what are you wearing? Oh, (laughs) a suit. (laughs) Why? The bride is wearing a formal gown. The groom is wearing a tuxedo. So I'm wearing a long dress. You want me to wear a tux in my own home i don't care there's gonna be six people here you can wear shorts if you want to great i think we really get that cindy ruben dynamic marrying ruben for sure yeah for sure he kind of is annoying to be around unfortunately (laughs) i mean sometimes when you're hot you have a bad personality and i think that's important to represent on television let's also remember he's like legitimately a cop so Oh, yeah. So I guess that kind of makes up for some of his issues. Um, You know, at least he's like a respectable, firm pillar of the community. Yeah. And by firm, I mean firm. Am I right? I'd like to wash my pantaloons on that washboard. (laughs) So, sure. Adrian comes down after this. She informs them that Betty's not coming and there's like a time issue. So the wedding still has to be at the same time. And Cindy's like, oh, I feel bad about her mother. And then Adrian's like, whatever. The wedding's not a big deal. It's going to be like 20 minutes long. We want to be back at the condo and in bed by nine. Oh, and they're going to stay in bed until nine the next night. Probably. (laughs) They want to watch Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. Oh, yes and reuben is like are you okay are you going into labor and she's like no it's like it's just like i'm sure and he like accuses her of being like casual about this wedding and she's like oh mr fourth marriage i am taking it seriously i'm just sure about what i'm doing also you cannot tell me reuben found a catholic priest willing to marry him four times (laughs) Well, he killed all of his previous wives, so it was okay. Oh, okay. That's fine, then. (laughs) Bluebeard in the house, am I right? (laughs) So, then we go to Jack and his dad. They're, like, eating dinner in the guest house, and Jack's dad is like, dinner with my son in his crib. But for real, we miss you, and we hope that you go to college in Arizona. I feel closer to God in Arizona. And Jack is like, have you been doing peyote? Who told Brenda Hampton about peyote? <laughs> That's a good question. I am upset. Then he talks about how he's excited about the wedding, but Jack's not going to go because it's only family. And then he's like, oh, Segway, how's Madison? You seem a bit down. Are you depressed about something? How did you feel about your mental illness being just thrown casually around in this episode? What, mental illness? Just, like, having a lot of sex and then not having <laughs> sex for a while? Depression, Jesse. Like oh, yeah. Um, I guess my kind of baseline statement is always, you know, depression hurts and Balta can help. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe think of that next time. <laughs> You're funny. Thank you so much. <laughs> so i'm actually crying right now you are not i can see you no i am my eyes are watering and you can't see it because there's a glare on my glasses that kind of shuts the eye out so 
he said he asks if Jack has feelings for the bride, and he's like, no. And he's like, is there something going on with Grace? And Jack is like, well, she's having sex with her boyfriend. And I don't want to have sex with Madison yet because Grace and Grant might break up and I want another chance with Grace. And he goes, did you do peyote? Again, who told Brenda Hampton about peyote? What do we think Brenda Hampton thinks peyote is? Who knows? Reverend Stone does seem like the kind of guy who'd do it, though. Well, yeah, he was like deep into drugs, if you recall. Oh, yeah. When he told his life story to Ashley a teenager who he probably shouldn't have Has been hanging since. Oh, yeah. out with in the garage alone. Was that when Ashley wanted to find religion? Maybe. They keep on like weirdly brushing up against the subject of religion without ever actually like daring to come to head with it. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see it. So <sighs> Jack is like Grace told me under no circumstances she would want to get back together, but, like, she's a stupid bitch. What does she know? Like, we'll probably get back together, right? That's and the then... thing. Have you ever known a woman who could make up her mind? <laughs> Jack's dad is like, you should break up with Madison because, like, this is literally fucked up for you to be, like, dating. Yeah. It's not fair for you or for her to be forever in second place. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of how I felt in our marriage our marriage yeah i always felt in second place well you were yeah to that pool boy it's just once i oh (laughs) oh you were talking about him i was talking about someone else (laughs) oh you were actually i guess you were like fourth so like second place (laughs) you should actually feel like that's actually a little better than where you were so i guess in the way i'm i'm happy i made you feel that valued (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was the pool boy um candace obviously um and then just kind of like a a picture of goku that i hang above my wall or above my you know bed look i don't believe in calling the police on people but i did just call them to your house hey what can i tell you he was going super scion on this dick jesus christ so (laughs) okay we go to grant and grace they're like making out in front of tom and kathleen in the kitchen sure i get it you want to make out in front of your mom yeah it's kind of the (laughs) forbidden fruit element you know makes it taste so sweet i need to leave so tom's like get the fuck out of here and grace is like thanks for letting grant eat dinner with us she -hmm. starts texting grant he's still in the driveway yeah he's trying to get some dessert if you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah then she leaves and Tom and Kathleen are talking and Tom's like, oh, I'm feeling okay about Adrian's wedding because it's not my baby. And Kathleen's like, we got to find you a nice girl. And then Tom gets a call from somebody. Why are we pushing this Tom Adrian? I don't really know. It keeps on coming back in weird. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? So then we go to Ricky's apartment. Nora and her girlfriend are there. And oh. Nora is like very excited that Ricky has an interview at this college and she's and like Jessie we should open up very excited that there's finally a couple with some chemistry on this show yeah <laughs> and nora's like we should open a bottle of something to celebrate a bottle of milk disgusting um they yeah. talk about how it'd be too far of a commute and nora's like oh let's get milk and cookies to celebrate this and so ricky goes to get it but like milk and cookies who the fuck are you marshall bowman after sex I don't know why you keep on trying to paint that like a weird thing. Every time I get my cookies milked, I want some milk and cookies. (laughs) So Nora's girlfriend turns to Nora and is like, maybe you should go to college. Not for me, for you. I don't know. They start making out. Ricky walks in. For a second, I thought it was going to get into some weird classes territory. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky walks in on them kissing. And he's like, and one of them says, you are okay with the two of us, right? And he's like, am I okay with you making out in my house? Yeah. And then they they talk about Adrian and Ben's wedding. And he's like, they're so young. And then she's like, well, how would you feel about if we got married? And he's like, well, you're not like children. 
And then they're like, oh, so for real, it'd be okay with you? Hashtag love is love. And Ricky's like, yeah, I literally don't care. You're both consenting adults. But I feel like Darren Kagasoff was definitely still homophobic when Hmm. he was playing Ricky because it it just oozes through his character. Yeah, he has a homophobic haircut, and that's not his fault necessarily, but... <laughs> but, like, his affect about his mom, like, potentially getting married to, like, her girlfriend, who, like, they love each other and is, like, a good, healthy relationship. He's like, yeah, it'd be so great if you guys got married. <laughs> Gay people. Anyway. you. So then we go to... Adrian's car, Tom is sitting in the front seat. She's freaking out about the wedding, trying to get out of it. And Tom's like, no, you should go ahead with the wedding. Ben is a nice guy. Everything will be fine. And she's like, oh my God, I think, I feel like I just needed to say my fears out loud. And like, now I'm good. And I was like, baby, go to therapy. That's what it's for. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to Ken Fields. He's a really good therapist. That'll (laughs) help you work out some things. And then she asks Tom to keep them like this conversation a secret whatever we go to leo's office building i guess it's like the next morning he's late to work because he had to drive himself because mike is with betty can leo's delicate little hands still grip a wheel it's the question he was actually he's gonna he try rode... to grip camille's wheel tonight <laughs> if you know what i'm saying he rode to um he couldn't find the car so he actually rode to work in like one of those you know those yellow cars that you like go with your feet as a child oh yeah yeah i was thinking just a flintstone car Uh, that's what i was thinking too but yeah but like the little the little people car Uh uh-huh not little people what's that called what's the plastic one it doesn't matter Tyco. i don't know what it's called i can't believe you would say that to me (laughs) Is it bad? Drop a word like that and then move on like nothing happened. Is it a bad word? Yes. What does it mean? I don't think you want me to tell you that. Like Are you being I don't want to make you feel bad, but Are you be are you being serious though? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) But I could be. (laughs) I was like, oh I don't know. I don't know that. Tyco. What'd you call me? A little tyke. (laughs) that's little i will say if a um i do think if a british person says a word like tyke it does take a second because it feels like a slur yeah oh look at the little tyke yeah like that feels offensive (laughs) your accent is so good thank you so much i actually studied abroad in england did you oh yeah she was beautiful for a whole semester no, I just hooked up with a British chick and I kind of studied her body afterwards. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. No, but I did go to London once, so I am kind of a natural. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I went to see Tom Petty perform, and then we couldn't get tickets, and then he died a month later. <laughs> okay. My life is bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Anyway, Mike and Betty are on this, like, road trip. Camille says, poor Mike. And then they talk about how Betty's mom might not be sick, because she checked all the hospitals within 200 miles, and there's no one who matches Betty's mom's name. But she does know that Betty's brother just filed for bankruptcy, and she likes to help. And he's like, well, I do need your help this weekend. I need you to come to the wedding with me, because um, Betty can't. And she's like, oh, it's been I'll go, but only if I can ride there on your dick. (laughs) She's like, oh, it's been a while since you took me on a date. And he's like, it's not a date. I'm a married man. And she goes, they like talk about it, whatever. And then she's like, am I driving myself? And he's like, what difference does it make? I'm married. Sorry, let me do the Leo voice. What difference does it make? What difference difference does it make? (laughs) What difference does it make? I'm I'm married. My Leo voice is so bad. Your Leo voice (laughs) dips into like Travolta pretty quick. (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm married. 
So then we Sandy. go. Sandy. To, we go back to the guidance office. Oh, George comes Lord. in to talk to Caitlin O'Malley. The most painful thing I've seen in my life. They talk about how Ashley is doing well. And he's like, maybe too well. Her and Toby, you know, they have each other's fingers up each other's assholes. Oh, they're playing each other like puppets over there. And then George tries to hit on Caitlin. And she's like, I have a boyfriend. And he's like, but how long have you been together? And she's like, a long time. And he's like, oh, but you're not engaged or married? Hmm, seems not serious. Want to get lunch and talk about it? And she's like, no. Can I say, this is maybe the most, like, brutally uncomfortable thing that has ever happened to a Beverly Mitchell character on screen. Yeah. And that's saying something because she was in Saw 2. <laughs> yeah, horrible horrifying how would you feel if george hit on you if george hit on me um ultimately i would fuck him but i wouldn't feel good about it (laughs) like there would be a lot of self-loathing involved and i know george would hit on me because i'm a lesbian and he he loves lesbians yeah he said girl you a lesbian (laughs) me too me too (laughs) (laughs) so then Ashley is standing outside the office. George doesn't even see her. So then Amy comes up to talk to Ashley. And Ashley's like, our dad just hit on the guidance counselor. And then they talk about their plans for the weekend. And she's like, why don't you and Toby go up to mom's and offer to babysit so she can go out on a date with Josh. And Toby and Ashley would then get alone time. So Ashley's into it. Amy kind of freaks out about this possibility, whatever. Ashley leaves. Caitlin comes out. And Amy apologizes for her dad. And Caitlin quickly changes the subject to be yeah, like, did Ricky... I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. She's like, did Ricky tell you about his college interview? And she's like, no. Then Caitlin leaves. Madison and Lauren come up. Lauren's like, guess who called me? Jesse. Sure. And then Amy thinks she's excited. And she's like, I'm not excited. You mistook my anger for excitement. He called to tell me he has a girlfriend. And Madison is like, well, boyfriends always come back around. And Amy says, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they get married. And then they're like, are you scared that Jack's going to go back to Grace? And Madison is like, oh, Jack would never do that. No, never. Then she's freaking out. So she goes to find Jack. And apparently he said something vague about wanting to talk to her after her after his dad left. And so she's like, can you just tell me now? Like, I'm freaking out. And he's like, I've been an idiot. And I never realized how much I love you. Sure. And then something. I have a note here that says, guess he likes me better than Grace. Oh, yeah. Madison says that about um, Jack's father. Oh, yeah. Because Grace always tried to, like, put her in her place by acting like Jack's father liked her more. Yes. Which has never been true. Yeah. Um, and Jack says, so do I, as in he likes Madison more than Grace, which I don't know if he's like lying to her or whatever. I can't tell if he's genuine. Like that talk with his father made him realize how unfair he was to Madison, that he really wants to recommit. Or if he's just trying to keep his dick wet until Grace breaks up with Grant. <laughs> it's a good question. So sorry if that was a little crude. Yeah, I'm glad you're... I try to keep it PG on this pod, and I failed in that, and I'm sorry. I'll put a dime in my pussy jar. (laughs) It's a jar that's shaped like a pussy. It's not just a jar, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) So then... Okay. Adrian and Ben are walking in the hallway. Amy's just, like, watching them for a distance, and they're like, are we really going to go through through with this? And they're like, are you going to leave me at the altar? Are you going to leave me at the altar? They're not. They're going to go through with it. Ricky walks up. they would leave each other at the altar. I know, me too. Ricky walks up to see, like, behind Amy to see her watching them. And he's like, do you wish it was you? No. Do you wish it was you? No. She says no regrets, except she wishes he told her that he got into college. And he's like, I literally didn't. I have an interview tomorrow. And she is so excited for him. She's like, I'm a little nervous about you living hours away. And he's like, I know you pictured you going to school and like you mean John living together and me working in the butcher shop. And she goes, I can adjust the picture. I'm so happy for you. This is a good thing. I'm so proud of you. I hope you get in. And I was like, Amy. Amy's so good 
There's like no the way Jessie Brenda Hampton wrote these lines, show. right? Oh, no. This is, like, ad-libbed. Yeah. So, Ricky says that everything is not going to get easier. It's just going to get harder. And she's like, so are you saying you don't even want to try to make this work? And he's like, I'm just saying it'd be easier if we were having sex. And then he's like, I'm just joking, you stupid bitch. Like, what the fuck? Why would you think I'm being serious? So then Caitlin walks by and she's like, better, much better. About, oh, no, no, no. Okay. Ricky says he wants to see her and John the second he gets back from the interview. Caitlin walks by and says better, much better. Because she's like coaching him on how to fuck his girlfriend, apparently. Then Ricky tells Amy that Adrian texted him last night because she was having some doubts. So instead of responding, he invited Nora and her girlfriend over in case Adrian came over unannounced because he doesn't want to hear it. And then they like both talk to each other and they're like, you know, like we could talk them out of the wedding. So then we go to Leo walking into Ben's room. Ben's getting ready for the wedding. He says he looks good. He brought him something. He takes a gun out of his pocket, shoots Ben, long time coming. The sad thing is, you said that, and I was like, yeah, I remember that. That was yeah. cool. Uh, <laughs> no no thoughts, head empty, just taking, <laughs> I'm going on whatever journey you take me on. And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Um, it's a It's a handkerchief. This belonged to Ben's mom. And Ben's like, oh, are you trying to make me cry? I don't want to cry. And Leo's like, I do, but I won't. Love the toxic masculinity. Men can't cry. That's I do want to say that for years. I do. Yeah, I do want to like come out clear on a stance right now that I don't think men can cry. Well, the thing is, they biologically can't. Right. And that's that's what actually I'm that's what separates the two genders. Yeah. The two genders. The inflexibly two. Yeah. I learned that from a lady who wrote a shitty book about wizards. <laughs> so then Leo Every says a that if... a man cries, the testosterone leaks out of his body and <laughs> he starts to develop more feminine features. <laughs> I cried too much and now I have a hot rack. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, Leo tells Ben that he can pull out the handkerchief and wave it at him if he wants out of this wedding. They hug each other, and Leo's like, don't lose this gift for Adrian. They love each other. And Leo's like, the important thing is that you love Adrian. Whatever. Then we get a montage at the end of this fucking episode to Bruno Mars's Just the Way You Are inexplicable does not make sense yes the song choice is bad frankly so jesse this and is I... where this is where love story would have made fucking sense right maybe it would make more sense than this and it wouldn't have been as wasted as on the mother-daughter dance so also like none of the scenes really go with each other no it's like, just people making out and we... sometimes looking out windows yeah and like they, like, fully lost whatever footage they were going to use. But the first yeah. shot to this song is, like, fucking Grace and Grant playing chess. And then we have, like, Henry and Alice wrapping a present. And yeah. then we have, like, Josh and Anne and baby Robbie. And they, like, are going on a date. So they hand Robbie to Ashley and Toby. And Ashley, like, as soon as they leave the house, hands Robbie to Toby. She's like, I'm not fucking taking care of this baby. Yeah. We have George and Moose. George looks out the window to see Leo and Camille. And he, like, flirts with Camille through the window. Oh, because, you know, like, the window in the Jurgens' house faces the window in the in Cindy and Ruben's house. Yeah. Um, Camille kind of flirts back, and Leo literally wags his finger yeah, at her. Yeah, and it's, like, so... He scolds her like a naughty dog. <laughs> then Madison answers the door for Jack... They start making out. They're going to bang. She wants to bang him. And oh. he's like, no. So they True don't bang. True love waits. It's, yeah. Then we go to the wedding. They like, you know, there's like a little bit of talking. Reverend Stone is like, wedding, 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 wedding. They exchange rings. They kiss. Then we go to Amy cleaning up toys. And she looks out the window in the Jurgens' house. That looks in on the window at Cindy and Ruben's house. And she sees Ben. They're like emotional. 
Then she opens the door to Ricky. He brought her flowers. They make out. Do you think they fucked? I think we'll find out next episode. Yeah. Then Ben gives Adrian a bracelet. They kiss. That's the end of the episode. So also, what's the timeline of the ceremony? Was the bracelet given after the ceremony or did they take a break for Ben to look out the window? I literally couldn't tell you. And just a reminder that Just the Way You Are by Bruno Mars is playing during this entire thing. And if that sounds like it doesn't fit, you're right. Yeah. What? So wait, what What did you think would have been a better montage song that would have actually maybe made sense? My Girl's Ex-Boyfriend by Reliant K. Disgusting. No, I picked that as a theme, so I don't want to do that one. Um, I don't know. What song would you think would be a better montage? I think, and maybe it's just because I've seen it in a better montage, and it's like a perfect film song slash TV song. Um, I would have to say uh, Built This Way Slow Remix by Samantha Ronson, mm. um, which you may remember as the song that closes out the the hit film Mean Girls. Yes. And I wonder if just built this way. Because I feel like that song straight up was made for a movie and made for a montage like this, where it's just a lot of longing. I have one. And I'd love to hear it. Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson. Actually, yes. That's also a song made for a montage. Like it this. is. That or like Real Wild Card. I'd like to see Come Together by the Beatles. Mm. Can you imagine we open on Grace and Grant playing chess and it's just. I'm sorry, I just really needed to let that out. I am glad you did. Yeah, it felt good. So, anyway, this has been season three, episode 24. It's not over till it's over. And this season somehow still isn't over, so yeah. that's cool. Um, also, did you notice, like, on the wiki, the next episode came out the same week, the same day. They did a two-parter in one night, and it wasn't even the finale. I hate this fucking show. It's That's interesting. Yeah. Um, this has been Secret Life of Two Gay American Teenagers. My name is Aaron. My name is what was that? And I'm Jesse. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram, Patreon, TikTok, and Twitter at your two gay friends. You can send us an email at slwithjesseandaaron at gmail.com. You can follow Jesse on Twitter at gojesse2k20. You can follow my bookstagram at no money, no prospects. You can leave us a voice memo on Anchor, and you can rate, review our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. So, I literally can't devote any more time or energy to this. Hey, if you missed us, go give us a five-star review and rating so that, you know, we know that we shouldn't take a little break like that again, unannounced. <laughs> or don't. Yeah, if you don't, we'll just do it all the time. I mean, we're like human beings, so. I'm not a content machine, Jesse. I am, but I was having a little malfunction this week. <laughs> but, alright, I hope you have a good day. I hope that you get to spend some time in the sunshine. And I hope that you can finally scratch that itch. The one that's propelled you for years. The one that's just bothered you. And, you know, it just it, it, it gives you a reason to get up in the morning. You know, it keeps you from being fully satisfied in this life. And I hope you scratch it and I hope it's an orgasmic experience. Okay. I'm going to cut that all. Um, Have a good week. That's what I hope you have. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
so I bet you're expecting some kind of little clown clip where me and Aaron talk nonsense. Something that happened over the course of the episode that didn't really fit anywhere else. But guess what? We were on task this episode. And our art has suffered for it. And that truly sucks. So there's nothing here at the end. We finished talking about the episode, we plugged our shit, and now we're done. I'm sorry to disappoint you, and I'm even more sorry to buy into that sort of hacky, Ferris Bueller-esque type thing that they do at the end of credits sometimes. But hey, that's just the world we live in, baby. I'll see you next week. I love you.